0: Since we're not talking about any specifics of anything, we're just in the general position that once someone finds himself in some sort of relationship with someone else. That relationship could be a cop or priest or a rabbi or a sister or a lover or a boss, it doesn't matter what. Okay. Um... But that what you find is, is that you want something. Yes. Okay. And that because you want something, that's a definition of suffering itself. Can you see that? In the formal definition of the word suffering that the Buddha and Sariputta sometimes gives in the suttas, they basically break it down into three groups. The first group is clearly obvious to the uh, to the low-minded person. We can actually intellectually pick it apart, but for uh, the ordinary, average, low-class person, you could name dukkha as old age, sickness, and death, and everyone would agree. That suffering, dying is suffering. Having to put up with someone who has just died—you've got a body on your hands—that's suffering. Getting sick is suffering. Um, old age is suffering for the ordinary-minded person. Um, never mind if we bring the dominant to it later uh, and do some investigation, but on the surface not only are those things suffering but they're the big ones hmm. and right now you don't have any of the big ones no no okay the second mode that is the definition uh, or the explanation of dukkha is is comes into um the outward manifestation of someone who is in a state, a heavy state of dukkha, which would be uh, lamentation, oh poor me, a pity party, grief, despair, uh, uh, being really out of it, uh, being overwhelmed in more than just a momentary sense. And so that's basically uh, the big deal. But then the third part of the definition is when we really hone down onto it, which is what we can actually do something more about. And And so the next item, which is the first one on the list, is wanting something we don't have. That's the big one, and that's what you're into right now. You want something that you don't have. And that you're actually trying to figure out a way of getting it. Yes. And so the mind starts to burn and spurn and steer and turn and wanting something. Right? So it may be not the thought. Okay, you're back. Uh,
1: Yeah, now it's back.
0: (laughs) All right. The last thing that I said was is that Duca then is wanting something we don't have (laughs) like an internet connection. (laughs) And that's a good example because now that the internet connection is back.
1: We're feeling better. I like it. Yeah.
0: Precisely, okay, but um, the internet connection was not necessary for you to feel good, that really what was going on is that you wanted something that you didn't have, which was the internet connection. If you'd lost a connection with someone you really didn't want to have a communication with and there they were on Skype and there yak 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 and then your internet connection broke, you can say, wow, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the internet connection itself, it's that we wanted it. And so this is where we begin to look at that um uh, craving or in the uh, the Pali the word is tanha which also has one of its definition as thirst so you're thirsty for something and that right now how we've been practicing is is that when you think about wanting something that you're thirsty for and then you stop thinking and take a deep breath mm-hmm. really That thirsty is still there. And so the thoughts of thirsty come right back up again. Yes. Okay. So at this level already, we need to start dealing not with the thoughts of thirsty, but thirsty itself. Mm -hmm. Okay. To start examining how you feel when you want something you don't have. And you can examine not only how you feel about it, but why you want it, so that you, can, you may not be able to get it. Can you be okay without it? Well, if you don't want it, sure, you can be okay without it. But in fact, it's quite possible that the more you want it, the less likely you are to get it.
1: And that is an intellectual-like investigation? No,
0: let me give you a very, very clear example of that. The room is completely pitch black, dark. All the furniture and the pictures and the wall coverings and everything are in a darker tone and not bright anyway. And there is a black cat in that room. You know it's in there. When you open the door... You can see the cat, but now that you've closed the door and you're in the room, so the question is, I want that cat. What's the best way to get that cat?
1: Opens the door.
0: Okay, well, let's assume that that's not part of it, all right? Uh, Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's just assume that that's not part of it. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I, I I already thought about that. I knew when I said that door. <laughs> okay, but you're uh, so. Let's assume something else then. All right, but even with the door open, still chasing down the cat is not the right way of catching the cat. And then in your case, sometimes the door opens and sometimes the door is closed. But so long as we're chasing something, do you know how the right way to catch that cat? Is to sit down on the floor and wait. The cat will come to you. That's the way to catch the cat. But if you chase it, it will always run. And that's what it seems like with almost everything that we want. Everything that we chase after becomes elusive. So that when we actually do catch it, we cling to it tightly, lest it get away again. Yes. There's a Pali word for that too. (laughs) What is it? Upadana. Upadana
1: and that's a clinging to something we got that we wanted. Right. Okay.
0: And, and then in fact sometimes we're clinging to things that we wanted a long time ago and got a long time ago and now we need to look to see is this thing worth clinging to anymore. So This thirst for things that we don't have and clinging to things that are no longer useful, valuable, and wholesome, you could go so far as to say fear is occasionally useful, valuable, and wholesome. Keeps us out of danger. Mm -hmm. And yet fear is not valuable and wholesome when it has no value like that. In fact, it's downright detrimental, unwholesome. So if there's nothing to be afraid of, why should we be afraid? The answer is, is because we've already developed the habit of being afraid. And we already have the instinctual mechanisms for that fear. But need there's no need to be afraid. So part of what the process is is in recognizing this sequence of events in the way that the mind works and in the Pali, this is called Paticca samuppada In Thai, they say uh, Paticca samuppada Paticca samuppada actually is translated with a whole hum kind of translation um, uh, is dependent origination because each word is is translated that way how do things arise they arise dependently okay Okay, so the
1: thirst comes and then the thought comes and then the feeling comes
0: again and Mm -hmm. okay okay, right and so you begin to see how things are working together like that that wind us up in a state of dukkha mostly because we're clinging to something that we want that we don't have or that we're afraid to do without it.
1: Yeah, or we're clinging to something that we already have. And mm-hmm. like a really and silly example would be sometimes like I love to like learn languages and I'm learning Chinese. And sometimes the thought comes up, Okay, why are you doing this? Someday you will die and then it's gone. So what's the value? And <laughs> so I'm even clinging to, to this, like it's really really dumb thought, but
0: <laughs> uh huh.
1: Actually, you caught me red-handed. I caught you. I, I don't know the expression, sorry.
0: Oh, um, when when someone is caught red-handed, actually, the red is blood. So ah, okay, you so I caught him a surprise. Hand. Okay. Okay. Uh, and what that means is uh, that, yeah, I have done that before. Myself. Okay, 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 yeah, got it, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been there, done that, is another way of saying it. Yeah. I just have, you caught me red-handed. <laughs> so, yes, that's exactly the way. Say that again.
1: Let's do it again. Um, that sometimes I cling to something that I already have or that I'm really excited to do, but then I'm scared to lose it. For example, if I die. And then I think about, okay, this has no value Mm -hmm. to do it because someday I will die and then all my effort is gone. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. This is kind of how I feel about the Dhamma in a way. That's why I said you caught me red-handed in the sense that here I am an old man and I've already accumulated all of this wisdom, this really, really powerful and wonderful stuff. Not because it's mine, but because I've been in it long enough to recognize how valuable it is. And yet I'm going to die. And when I die, it's gone. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) With maybe a video or two left, which might have some lingering value. But other than that, yeah, the knowledge itself, gone. So, in that regard, that's another way of recognizing that everything is temporary, including the skills that we have and and the knowledge that we gain. Which means that we had better well then get the value of those skills and that knowledge right here in this very life. And in the moment, probably. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only one you can count on. It's not dangerous right now. Tomorrow, who knows what's going to come in fact there is a uh, an expression uh, in a poetic thing in fact um the poly itself is poetry you can read the poly and and hear the poetry built right into it this is a poem but when it's translated into english eh, not so much about the best thing you can do is uh go in a direction of a poetic translation and then blank and then phrase it that way but in there Um, there's the expression of uh, Mara uh, and death and his hordes okay now basically what they're getting there is there's there's a whole lot of different ways to die there's a horde of ways to die how many different ways to die can you think of (laughs) a lot Well, all of them have to do with stop breathing. Yes. Yeah, that's about the only way to die, in fact, is should stop breathing. Now, there's a whole lot of different ways to cause that to happen. Okay? You could get buried underground. You could be on fire. You could be underwater. You could be... um, let us say in a cramped, closed space where there's no air, like um, or doing without air, the four elements, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in that regard, there uh, those are the four basic ways to die. But that there are many, many different little ways that you could have. An example of that would be poison, and who would know what the poison would be? I guess hemlock is a plant poison, but but cyanide is a uh, an elemental poison. Uh, so, um, in that regard, what we're getting at is is that who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Our skills and our knowledge are good for today, and so in that regard of uh, Chinese, if you enjoy it in this moment then continue to do it and if it's no longer enjoyable then what's the point point?
1: Yeah. and that was everything in life probably
0: <laughs> ah at least to this guy uh, this idea of when i want something that i don't have look what damage it does what's the value in thinking about something that you want why try to solve a problem to get what you want when problems are generally not solved that way? Scientists talk about this often also. So, uh, in fact, uh, Einstein was quite famous for uh, being able to get his mind off of it. And then the solution to his math problem would just appear. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they wake up in the morning.
1: Yeah, and the subconscious is just working on it and giving it to you.
0: Yeah, if we can leave it down in the subconscious to deal with, or maybe it's not even dealing with it. Maybe the answer was there all along. And so, and all we kept doing was digging for it. But when we stopped digging, it just, bubbled up, kind of. You're of fates, like you you said. Uh, Kind of like that black cat in that dark room.
1: Yeah, I've been through that. So many times, and yet it's so funny to not see it. Like, for example, there's a situation with the relation I told you in the beginning. I know it will fade in two weeks or something like that. And then it's gone. Mm -hmm. And will come up every month and then every year and then whatever, it's gone forever. But every time something like this comes up, I cling to it again and cling to it again. And so intellectually knowing it will go away. So the most rational thing to do would be to just put it away now. Okay. But it's always so hard for me to see things rationally, but then actually do them. (laughs) Like I can intellectualize them, but...
0: (laughs) Well, here's part of the reason why that happens, you see, is, is that in that regard of wanting things that we don't have, Means also from the victim's position is is that I'm not going to get it unless I work really hard at it. And hence we think really hard about it, trying to figure it out and figure it out. Okay. So let's set that aside for a second and look at it from the winner's position. In the sense of either one, it don't matter anyway. Or number two, it's going to be easy to get. And number three, we're all going to enjoy it when it happens. Okay. So this is kind of a winner's way of looking at it. One, it don't matter that much. Number two is, is that um, when it's time for it, I'll be successful. I can handle that too. Whatever it is that comes up, we can do it. No problem. And number three, which is the most important part, is is that and everybody will enjoy it. Okay. Alright. So um this also goes to the point that there is a sutta, a very interesting sutta, because the name of it is the half sutta. Okay. H A L F half. That's the name of it. It's a sutta by the half. <laughs> but it's not half a sutta it's in fact the entire teaching of the Buddha and here's what what goes on with that is that there was a time when Sariputta told Ananda that friendship was half of the spiritual path that's what the sangha is all about is the sangha of friends and that ananda came and questioned the buddha about that and the buddha says well, no that's not correct friendship is 100 percent all of the, the dhamma that's all that i teach okay in the sense of dukkha dukkha naroda let's get over the dukkha and be in dukkha naroda all together now This is what Uh, Metta and Karuna and Mudita is all about, is how do we deal with the world from a mind that is uh, well-developed, skillful, knowledgeable, and has the tools? How are we going to deal with the world? Well, we're going to learn to deal with the world by learning to deal with ourselves, and that is by being friends. Okay. That we are in fact, as I explained to you, we become friends with our fear so that we know when it's a false alarm. And
1: okay. you begin
0: to understand that almost every one of them's a false alarm and all we have to do is say down boy. Down. No problem. No problem. So again, you know it. Uh-huh. You have to know your fear. And by doing so, it becomes manageable easily, which then means that we become kind of fearless. So we become also friends with other emotions. That in fact, part of the process of becoming uh, free from anger is by making friends with it. In the sense of expressing and understanding the power that you feel. But that if you use that power, you're going to do damage. Okay, and so we learn to restrain it and we see the Dukkha in it. We understand the power, but we also understand that that power needs to be restrained. Okay, so this is uh, being that min- mindful. hmm because this is a being mindful before you act when you're angry, and being mindful before you talk, and absolutely, absolutely, and that if we come to the point with whoever it is that you want this thing from, that you've got all of this problem going on, if you can actually be good friends with that person, well, let me ask, let me do it this way in the form of friendship, or in the form of a question rather. And that is, is that if you want something from someone that you know is tightwad and tight-fisted and you're unhappy with him anyway, being in an unhappy state, both of you, are are you likely to get from him what you want? No. No. If he is a good, open, and close friend of yours, and the two of you are getting along very well, and he is interested in your welfare as you are with him— then whatever you want from him, he's more than likely going to give it to you. Is that not correct? Sure. Does that not solve your problem already? Not think about it. (laughs) That's a rhetorical question. (laughs) Uh. Yeah. So when we begin to see things as friendly, when we see ourselves as happy and friendly on the inside and no need to be afraid of even myself. And to recognize that I want something and that that's causing the suffering, that I want something. That's the definition from the Buddha of what is dissatisfaction is not being satisfied. (laughs) That is just so remarkable. I mean, when it hit me, it's like, yeah, of course. Luca is being dissatisfied and I think that if I get something then I'll be satisfied. I want something I don't have and when I get it I'll be satisfied. The internet came back. Right? But if I didn't want it in the first place and it doesn't matter whether it comes or not.
1: So the relationship with the thirst for example would be unwholesome right now because I wanted to go away. And if I don't want it to go away, it will go away?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. The same kind of thing. Okay. The long, um, hmm. You could see it almost like this, that the harder you push on something, the more likely it's going to get stucker and stucker. Okay. That, uh, they grind their heels in. Or in is a, hmm. is a way of looking, especially if you're pushing, by like chasing the cat. The cat will run, all right. Can't catch it. Same thing, exactly. Okay. Um, this is the whole concept of the carrot and the stick. That the donkey that's pulling the cart ah, okay. put a carrot out in front of oh. him. Yeah. And uh, so long as he wants the carrot, he'll continue to walk. But if he stops, then you use the stick. And between the carrot and the stick, you can keep the donkey moving. Mm. Okay? We are all that way. We are all the humans. This society offers both carrots and sticks. And we're almost caught on the treadmill. And we're afraid to just simply stop because of some imaginary stick that we've got above our own head. Maybe this is
1: like a really strange question, but why to go on with society then? Why don't just say whatever, I don't care, like I don't need these people, I don't need anyone, like I don't need these rules, I don't have to work, like I don't need money if I don't
0: want anything. Like Okay. Because I had to sort a lot. That's, that is actually quite an awakening. That's a really excellent question that people should begin to ask, ask themselves. In fact, that's part, part of one of the most fundamental questions of all. Yeah, and I often can't find an answer. Like, a, and I don't know what well, we're recording mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are, but the point is is that it's not the answer. It's the question that needs to be investigated. Obviously, on a continuing basis, at each moment, you can ask that question so as to decide how you're going to handle this particular moment. Am I going to handle it all grasping and clinging to society or am I going to let go of it and deal with things easy?
1: But then I, I think sometimes it turns into wanting again then, because yeah. I, I have this feeling, okay, I don't need my work. I can live with, like, I don't want any material things. Like, I, don't, I really don't care. I don't buy anything. It's so, is
0: yet it marvelous, most people are actually like that unless they've gotten themselves into debt because they wanted way too much. But one of the things that I have seen over the years with many, many people who get interested in Buddhism is that they start leading simpler lives. They start withdrawing from society. They begin to recognize what is really important to them by recognizing what's not important to them. Basically, what happens is is that we have a huge, huge basket of importance. And we keep taking things out of it and reckon, oh, that's not really important. And so we throw it out. And then we take something out. No, it's not important. We throw that out. And we take something out. No, no. And the basket starts getting empty. And we wind up not putting any new things back into that basket of important. And we start taking things out. Congratulations. You're beginning to ask the right question. And so I'm giving you an analogy of that's what you begin to do. You begin to look into that basket of important and recognizing that things are really not all of that important. The less important things are than the less work you have to do in your life. Um, but Vidi- the one,
1: to make really the point, sorry, is like this one thing comes from I want to get away from this. So I think this is an unwholesome again to be like, okay, when I finish my study, I can do whatever I want. I can walk away, I don't know, like you did maybe, and just be in a forest and live my life without
0: all this bullshit around me. Well, there's a lot of options on the other side. But that's one of them, yeah. In fact, um, this is a good enough forest, there's a, there's a spot for you here on the floor, come hang out for a couple of <laughs> years.
1: Sounds like a really good idea, yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But I think everybody should experiment with that some. Some of us come and go and come and go. And sometimes the the frequency of our coming and going begins to slow right down. The first time I was in India, I was only there for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. But I eventually started hanging out there all together.
1: And now I can
0: safely say that I've been in Asia nearly 40 years of the past 75. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But it was always a coming and going. I've been back to the States on a uh, not a regular basis, but uh, um, from time to time.
1: Could we have a talk sometime about that? Like how you got into that, how one gets
0: into that? Like how to well, set we can up. talk about that. Sure. Yeah, we can. We can talk about that. But the way that we're looking at this particular discussion is, is that you begin to look at the fact that you are uncomfortable because you want something. Can you come out of that for a little while? Can you say, I can think about that and feel bad about it later? I'm going to feel good right now. <laughs> It's
1: kind of paradoxical in my mind, because when I say that, like, I want to get away, and mm-hmm. that's something I want, but then, like, you say, like, the society and all this isn't that good, so being happy in this moment, like, I can't fully appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't know if it makes sense, but it's kind of paradoxical.
0: If you, if you come to the woods without changing your mind, when you get to the woods, you'll be asking a question like, what the fuck am I doing here in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that could arise.
0: <laughs> right. The whole point is, can you escape from what you want right now? This is one of the biggest. In fact, you could go so far as to say that even just looking at it in raw percentages, it's the it's third. There's only three kinds of feelings we have. And this wanting something, especially in the sense that if we want something and we get it immediately. For instance, I want to sip a coffee. I take the coffee, I sip it, bang, it's done. Anything that takes more than, say, 20 seconds... It's bad. Is wanting something, not bad, but it's wanting something you don't have right now. Okay. Okay. Because it was, let us say this, even the internet was only out for 20 seconds. But already you were wanting the internet back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. All right. But you knew it was coming back. Yes. Yeah, you knew it was going to come back, <laughs> but the wanting it to come back came back before the internet itself did. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course, because if it if the internet came back, then what's to want? <laughs> you got it? All right. So now we're looking at the real issue. The issue is is that we want things that we don't have. Yes. So let's begin to deal with it at that level and say, for instance, wow, I recognize this is Mara. wanting something I don't have is a very strain, strong example of it. No matter what it is that I want, if I don't have it right now, that longing is there and that longing is uncomfortable. And we can deal with the longing itself immediately by taking a deep breath and start to have some happy thoughts and get our mind off of it and think about something new that's good, valuable, and wholesome. Like I'm all right without it. Well, I'm glad I don't have to have that thing. See, as long as we're making it important, you've got a problem on your hand. You've got to make it solved. So... One of the things you can do is you can tell yourself right now in this very moment. It's not important. It may be important tomorrow or next week. But tomorrow I can handle it then. Let me learn how to handle this moment.
1: Okay, so to put it off like for the proper moment to not just push it away. Like not wanting it forever, but just saying, okay. When the time comes.
0: There's a time and place for everything. So let's do things in their time and place instead of doing it in advance with all this longing and warning in the heart that's so uncomfortable. Okay. And so we need to actually intellectually keep telling ourselves over and over again intellectually. So it's really not that important. And number two, when it when the time comes, we can handle it correctly. And
1: it all comes down probably to right attitude, like this not self-victimizing.
0: Ah! <laughs> 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 Absolutely. Yes, this is all about the Eightfold Noble Path, most specifically that right noble attitude. It's an attitude that we're good. We're Okay, we don't need whatever it is you're selling.
1: And it's the talking oneself into it again, like really saying, I don't, I don't want it right now, like it's fine, mm-hmm. I can do it, I'm a lion
0: and all this. Exactly. Okay. And so this is a skill to be developed, practice. practice. Yeah, it's a hard skill. <laughs> <laughs> practice. There's that old joke about the young kid that was walking in the in the city of New York with a violin case in his hand, and he asks this old with a violin case. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he was carrying a violin and a case, and he was walking around looking for something. And he asked this old Jewish man, "Oh, sir, can you tell me? Can you give me the directions? How do I get to Carnegie Hall?" The old man looked at him and looked at the violin, and he said, practice, my (laughs) son, practice. (laughs) That's how you find your way to Carnegie Hall, exactly. So this is how we have to do is we have to keep practicing to come out of that state of wanting and recognize right now I'm okay. I don't need it right now. Now is not the moment.
1: And wanting can also be like wanting it to be solved. Because I'm not actually wanting something. I just want it to be
0: solved to not think about. (laughs) Then don't think about it. It's already solved. (laughs) If you don't want it solved, then it's already solved. You want it solved. You want this problem fixed. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, when the time comes to fix that problem, you'll know what to do in that moment. Oh um, my yeah,
1: it? is this it's so funny because now it's sorts like, okay, but if I don't think about it,
0: like I can't come up with solutions like when you don't mo- need to come up to solutions until that moment when you need it. And what you really need at that moment is right attitude and a right smile rather than the right solution.
1: It's hard, yeah, yeah, I get it, like I kind of get it intellectually, but it's hard to to let it sink
0: in. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I do, I really do. But you can learn to develop the habit of recognizing that it doesn't, okay, here's a way of looking at it intellectually also. It doesn't matter how many times you ruminate and ruminate and ruminate over it, every time that you go over it one more time, all you're doing is um, keeping yourself in the state of wanting something you don't have, which is the solution to the problem. Yes. You're not inviting the solution to come to you, you're chasing the solution with the same old thought patterns. It's like in the black in in that room with the black cat that every time you move a piece of furniture around the cat runs away that's not behind it yeah <laughs> why because the cat knows while you're doing it what piece of furniture you're trying to move all right but if you just sit down without a solution to the problem More than likely, in fact, the way that it looks to me is is that the solution is going to come to you at the point in time when someone asks you the question, which you need a solution for. And so you can trust yourself that you'll come up with the right answer to that question. Rather than looking for a solution to a problem that you've manufactured in your own mind, you don't know what question is going to actually be asked. But if you know that you can handle that question when it is asked, now you can be satisfied and happy and joyful up until the time that that question is asked. That's one of the easy um, one of the easy um, let us say correct answers. Would be, I don't know.
1: Yeah, as a moment, I don't know, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you're making it important. Yes, of course, yeah. Make I- friendship I- important. In the
1: sense of making friendship with myself, with my feelings, with my thoughts important.
0: And with whoever's going to be asking you the question at that time, okay. Don't see him as, or her as an enemy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's funny. Like until the
1: yeah 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 until the question would be solved, I would be like, oh yeah, she's making me like she's a as is arising when I see her, so avoid her.
0: <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yeah. Well, it takes a bit of investigation. That's why I'm going through this. Yes. And, and the actual problem and the actual person and the actual question is irrelevant. Because what you need to answer that question is the skill and the confidence that you can do whatever it needs to be done in a happy, friendly way.
1: Oh my God, we could really go down this rabbit hole now because, <laughs> but
0: I don't know if it's valuable. Because well, we need a- to, you need to practice yeah. so that you get some get your confidence up. This is the Pali word Shraddha, and it does not mean faith. It means actual accomplishment, been there, done that, know this. Accomplishments That's the way.
1: seeing it myself, and not mm-hmm. believing in it.
0: Okay. You okay. have to be able to see that you can turn your bad feeling mechanism of wanting something you don't have off and okay. be happy and comfortable in this moment. Okay. Because sitting there and spinning over it is not solving the problem anyway. That's true, yes. (laughs) That's the important point is is that I'm spinning my wheels right now. There's no reason to have a thought. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then, in fact, one of the things that I can do from time to time is um, let us say, any business or any. Thing that I've got to do with someone in the United States. I know that we're at, uh, or on the East Coast, especially, we're in a 12 hour um, time zone change, which means they're asleep when I'm awake and I'm awake when they're asleep, et cetera, like that. So for emails, that means that no email is needed. I, I can write any email that I'm going to write after 7 p.m. in the evening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because why write it and send it now, they're asleep. Therefore, I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> and so you can begin to think of, of things like that. You said, oh, there's a time zone, Zane's, or whatever, and, and this is not the right time to do it. Let's do things at the right time. Let's not write that email when it's still 2 a.m. for them. Let's wait and write it when they will arrive in their inbox. Okay, Just yeah. when they sit down at their desk. <laughs> 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 yeah, I understand. Uh-huh. So um we can we can do this with practice. This is what Anapanasati is all about. Sati is to wake up and see That wanting something that I don't have, some problem solving that I'm doing right now, is in fact uncomfortable. Let Hmm. me find comfort in this moment. Let me do these things, take a deep breath, start giving myself some good thoughts, and literally, intentionally relax. So,
1: Ken Kemp like this overthinking to the practice as well. Like, for example, you you were talking about dependent origination. And -hmm. sometimes when there's a thought, I really like to fall in the habit to reverse engineer it and like, okay, there's a thought, there had to be the feeling, what was the feeling? And you know, like going, not going from seeing the feeling to the thought, but going the other way. That
0: will be some value. Okay. But it will be even more value when you see it and when it's actually happening. In other words, you're rever- it went bang, dang, 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 and now I wake up and I can reverse engineer it. The best thing to do is to wake up now and watch it happen. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to reverse engineering because we're making up stuff when it's reverse engineered. But be happy that you did wake up. So that at least you can see the last kind of thing. The most important quality is is that we investigated enough to see that this is Dukkha. And therefore needs to be kicked back out. But we also know that the mind has um, habit patterns. The Buddha actually had the analogy of when the elephant runs away. The the uh, elephant trainers know exactly where that elephant is. They go get him again, bring him back, and tie him down. And so we actually use that analogy of the uh, the elephant being tied to the stake is like the mind being tied down to the breathing. And the mind will wander away. The elephant will get away. He'll kick and scream, or not scream, but he'll kick back and forth until he can get free. And where does he go? Back to his old favorite haunt. For you, it's this problem that you've got to solve. That's your old haunt. Right? That's your old friendly territory. So you can make, actually, the... um, uh, the... I wouldn't call it a vow, but a strong determination or a strong intention that I'm not going to allow myself to think about that. At any time that that problem comes up into the mind, I'm going to chase it out. And I'm going to be on guard to make sure that that thought doesn't get in.
1: Yeah, maybe that's good to be on guard and to not, maybe some thoughts, like if I investigate them, they just make it worse. So maybe some just, okay, whatever, just go away without investigating anything.
0: Exactly. You once you investigate it to know that this is no longer useful, valuable, wholesome, <laughs> out it goes. Okay. You've done the investigation that needed to be done. Okay. And that's something a lot of people don't understand. They think that there's great value in the insight of running, rubbishing through my own garbage. The answer is mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take the garbage out.
1: Okay. Okay, okay, okay. think I can work with that.
0: All right. So that analogy of the uh, um, of the elephant, that's a good one. Here's a clear example of that. The old man, this is one that I've known for a long time. The old man who has been going to the temple... All these years, he's, in fact, on the board of directors or whatever that is in Thailand, and he's well-known, everybody loves him. And then a new monk comes, and he gets into an argument with that new monk. When he goes home in his time there, because he's a skilled Dhamma dude, he will say, I'm not going to think about the what at all. If I think about the Watt, I'll think about that monk. If I think about that monk, I'll think about that argument, and then I'll feel bad, so I'm not going to let that in my mind. Okay. Everything about the Watt is all limits now. When I go to the Watt, I'll deal with the Watt, and I'll deal with that monk if I have to then. But yes. I'm not okay. going to deal with him now. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. It really does. And so start watching the thoughts that you have that generate up these bad feelings of longing and wanting and relax into that. Relax it so that you don't have to be in a state of wanting something you don't have. You're okay right now. And learn to cultivate that feeling of I'm okay right now. This is all right right now. I don't have any work to do, no place to go, nothing to do. This moment is wonderful. No carrot and no stick. Well, okay, yeah, all. it's
1: funny. When I, what I notice is when I get one of these moments where I'm like, okay, everything's fine. I get really off, off what's the word? Authorized, like euphoric. Um, Like there's, I don't know, goosebumps on my body, like tingling, Mm -hmm. and I feel like dancing and singing, and
0: it's funny. Dance and sing. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, dance and sing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Allow yourself to have the joy and the freedom to enjoy your freedom. Okay, you're not the prisoner that you were telling yourself that you were your whole life. Okay,
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. and maybe All right. I had some I um, like two like one big and one small question so maybe I just can I throw in the small and then the big maybe you just say for next
0: time (laughs) okay throw the small question in the small
1: is the small is that I still get this pressure and headache when I really I don't know not concentrate just take a deep breath sometimes when I just when I'm reading and just take a deep breath I get this like really annoying pressure right here and when I meditate it's even worse but there's no effort, like, I'm kind of sure that it's not related to effort because even when I'm just sit and I'm like, okay, annoying pressure.
0: Do you think it has anything to do with sinus or any nasal thing? I don't know. I was thinking maybe, yeah, because it doesn't make any sense to just take a deep breath and then have this here. Okay, so what I would suggest then is is that you get a standard nasal product, one of two kinds, and the kind that I would recommend would be the one that's an Aramaic, I've got one here someplace, and that uh, it's got a lot of eucalyptus and stuff in it, and it really does clean things out. The other one, which I would not recommend, is much more of a medical product that would be called an antihistamine. But that too, by spraying it into the, to the mm, nose ah, and yeah. breathing, okay. will, will help clean that out. I would recommend that you try that just to make sure between the two of us that you're not actually experiencing something physiological. Okay.
1: What it just came the, in my mind, maybe to edit. Um, was, when I'm on the cushion and the pressure builds up, it builds up, it builds up, and then it like this tingling and these goosebumps come and then it goes away a bit and then it's like, let's say at 60% and then I like the tingling and goosebumps go away and it builds up again and like okay. it's like a circle, but I can't make anything out of it. It's just something I no- notice.
0: Okay. The next question that I have would be, would you be breathing through your nose or through your mouth? Through the nose. Okay. You, in fact, can experiment with that. To switch it around? Normally, in the sense of you can take an in-breath through the nostrils and do the out-breath through the mouth. Okay. Then you can try both of the in-breath and the out-breath through the mouth. And then you can go back to nasal only, and then one and one and then the other and, and experiment and play with that and see if that has any effect upon what, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because as you're saying, it's not a matter of uh, tension based in frustration or in wanting something, but rather this sounds more physiological. Okay. Something is actually there for you to look at. Okay, it's co- so
1: it is combinated with frustration but once it's there like i'm like i just get annoyed because i don't want to be there but i don't think it's like the is the effort or the frustration i think okay Not.
0: well if you get the kind of uh, um one, one product one. they have in thailand that is used in a different way but it has the same aromatic is what they call tiger bomb oh ah,
1: yeah I, I got it here yes
0: okay Alright, so make sure that you're, uh, I wouldn't say snort it, but take a deep (laughs) inhale uh, through the nostrils uh, to um, let some of this aromatic, um, uh, menthol-related, eucalyptus-related kind of thing to help clear out the sinuses and see if that helps. Okay, we'll try that. Okay. Okay. And. Also, you can begin to draw after you take those uh, antihistamines or whatever product that you're taking. You can actually draw down some of that sinus gunk through the to the the back of the the throat through pressure, <clears> throat> like that, and I'd bring up a lot of the stuff that's in the in the uh, upper okay echelons mm. into your mouth so that you can. Um, um, spit it out. Oh, okay, yeah. And that uh, modern day atmospheres are not conducive to good breathing unless you're way out of the city. If you're out of the city, but if you're in cities, then then we need to take care that you can breathe well. I'm in a city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're breathing a lot of pollution that you don't need to be breathing. Okay, so Aromec, okay. So when you quit your job, quit the city Come <laughs> <laughs> hang out at the ports. This is really nice here. We're on an island, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the air is pure and it's exciting from time to time. Exciting in what sense? Thunders and lightnings and heavy winds ah, okay. and <laughs> And
1: apes? Are there apes?
0: <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, take your island life to the cushion right now. Your your what to the cushion? Take take the island life. the the mentality ah, of okay. being yes. free. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> but you got you got no, no, when you close your eyes and your, and your mind and your sinuses are clear, it's like you're not even in the city anymore.
1: Mm.
0: Yes. They're so far away. Not important. <laughs> okay. So the three things that we were talking about back. One, it's not really that important. Number two, you can handle it when the time comes. You've got the skills, and number three, everybody wins. Everybody winds up being happy
1: In the sense of when I do it, like it just has a good effect
0: on me on everyone around me. right and if you can if you can be joyful and happy, that will spread to other people. Okay, that's yes. what the practice of mudita is is can you take the joy that you have manufactured in your own mind and give it to other people as a gift yeah Okay. okay. which promotes friendship a lot okay are you going to take to this person all of your frustrations and worries because you can't solve their stupid problem <laughs> Okay. all right well we'll see you later
1: yes thank you very this much this
0: has been a very nice interesting talk i'm ve- thank you for bringing this up yes thanks
1: thanks for the talk but,
0: okay well don't yeah. worry be happy notice <laughs> yes. that you want something you don't have and out <laughs> it goes okay okay nice. see you bye Okay, bye-bye.